First in the morning, SAFM Sunrise with Stephen Grutis. 11 minutes after 7. Good morning. Well, as you heard, confirmation this week that government is going to take some money from the Reserve Bank's gold and foreign exchange contingency account. Over the next three years, it's going to use that money to try and pay back some of our debt. At the moment, that account is 507 billion rand. In 2006, it's just 1.8 billion rand. But that doesn't mean that it's good news, though. As I understand it, the only reason the account grows is because the rand has weakened in that time. So how does all of this work? Professor Adrian Saville is a professor of economics, finance and strategy at the Gordon Institute of Business Science. Professor, good morning. Thanks for your time. Morning, Stephen. Good to be with you. Okay, so we've now all heard about this account at the Reserve Bank. What's it actually for? What does it do? Uh, You can think of it essentially as uh, it's an accounting mechanism um, that is used to, uh, in part, uh, uh, lend uh, stability to uh, our foreign uh, our our foreign exchange rate. And uh, just as you know, when the uh, when the rand weakens, we accumulate uh, a reserve. When the rand strengthens, we've got to give some of it back. So you know, you set it out very neatly or elegantly in your intro, pointing out that the reason why this uh, reserve exists uh, is because the RAND has weakened. Uh, And if the RAND were to reverse and gain sudden strength, then uh, this reserve would would evaporate. So you can think of it essentially uh, as an accounting mechanism. Uh, And it's got very little to do uh, with the uh, fundamental strength uh, of our uh, financing mechanisms uh, or the strength of our economy. It's an accounting mechanism that we can convert uh, into into rands. We can recognize uh, that contingency. Okay, so no one's actually paying money into it or taking money out of it. I mean, when exactly. I when I buy something from the US, I'm not putting money in there. It's an over and unders account, um, and. Uh, if you rewind all the way to the early 2000s, uh, this account had nothing in it uh, because we had um, uh, tipped uh, reserves into the market to try and protect the rand in the late 1980s during the Asian crisis. And it shows you, uh, you know, when uh, when you are in crisis, this is where you need uh, this type of reserve. Uh, it'll evaporate on its way to crisis. But it's a very, very clear signaling mechanism that uh, points to uh, the uh, the robustness and the um, uh, uh, the prudence uh, of our reserve uh, of our reserve bank in its accounting practice. Okay, so if we take money out of it, 150 billion rand over the next three years, mm. does it matter that there's less money in it? Well, you know, no. By uh, by every right, you know, the uh, this reserve, uh, you know, we can see as you know accruing to the people who've got to either fill up the tank or, you know, if the tank is overflowing, they could take uh, out of the tank, and that's uh, national treasury. So, you know, read in that way, uh, absolutely, you know, there's nothing untoward uh, about accessing this reserve. I don't think that that is the issue. The issue is. Uh, why that reserve is being accessed and what is going to be done uh, with the with those funds. To me, that is the nub of the issue. And I mean, paying it back, um, using that money to pay back debt would be, to use your word, prudent. 
Yeah, uh, and let's just be clear on this, Stephen. If this reserve were to be depleted and now go into the negative, it would be the, the task of National Treasury to find the money uh, to fill in that reserve, as has been the case um, in the past and you know all around the world. Uh, your reserve banks have to be able to fund fund their deficits. And they can fund those in a range of different ways. They can borrow money, they can print money, etc. That's a conversation for a different day. But uh, one of the prudent things to do here, if they were accessing the reserve, would be to pay down government debt. That would be an, a valuable point of departure. Okay. The RAND got stronger after this announcement. Mm, was mm. that because <laughs> people thought it was a good thing or because they thought it was a good thing we would pay back debt? Well, you know, perhaps it's a couple of things. The one is it's uh, it's just a, a capital market reaction that um, there's a recognition that uh, we're not going to have to issue uh, as much debt, that there'll be a less onerous obligation on the financing mechanism. And, you know, that could be one of the, uh, at least one of the reasons. You know, this, these are complex capital markets. It's impossible to figure out all of the reasons why it's moving. But uh, you're absolutely right. An immediate reaction was a strengthening, uh, hinting that uh, this is recognition, perhaps relief, that there'll be uh, less uh, a less onerous financing requirement. Uh, but in the same breath, um, if I could add to your observation, by the end of the narrative, the RAND was back where it started. Okay. Um, there's another issue this morning, Professor. I don't know if you've had a chance to look at this in depth or not, but Business Day is reporting that the National Treasury is, I think the word they use is hinting, at lowering the mm. Reserve Bank's inflation target. So at the moment, the target is between yeah. 3 and 6%. The bank uses interest rates to try and keep inflation in that target. What does lowering the target actually mean? Uh, you know, Stephen, if I recall, you and I have spoken about this before. Uh, you know, just first, uh, I, and I, I'm, I'm overusing the word this morning, but the signaling mechanism is what inflation targeting targeting does is it signals very clearly, you know, to the market what the objective of the Reserve Bank is. Um, and with South Africa's three to six, uh, it's been a target that we've uh, adhered to, you know, with uh, strident discipline, and we've achieved with admirable success over the last 20 odd years uh, after it was initiated under Tito Mboweni. Um, uh, what the what the lowering of the inflation target would mean, you know, at the moment it's three to six, let's say it becomes, uh, you know, two to five for the sake of uh, an illustration. Uh, it's going to, it's not going to change anything other than uh, the the strictness uh, of our signaling and the extent to which the Saab will have to be even more disciplined uh, in getting inflation into that tunnel. The reason why it is arguably a good thing uh, is it brings us closer in line with our trading partners. And that would mean that um, it would also just protect the value of people's money. I mean, it would mean, for example, yeah. the 350 yeah. rand uh, grant would go further over time. Uh, you know, I th and I think this part of the inflation target is uh, grossly misunderstood, is as much as it's necessary for uh, uh, monetary discipline, or as much as monetary discipline is necessary to achieve that inflation target, and by that I mean high high interest rates or real interest rates, that interest rate is is one of the key ways in which we get into the 3 to 6% inflation tunnel or the 2 to 5 inflation tunnel. If you remove that inflation target and you say, you know, let's go for a, a higher inflation number because uh, that'll allow us to run uh, much lower interest rates, 
What's absent from that recognition is dropping interest rates from, again, for the sake of numbers, 10% to 5%. Inflation will go from 5 to 10 And your purchasing power uh, will be eroded, not by 5% each year, but by 10%. And purchasing power is your standard of living. Inflation is one of the surest ways to confiscate wealth from a society. And that's what we've seen over the last few years. Um, would it mean then that to do this, we would have to wait longer for interest rate cuts? There have been some mm. predictions of up to four interest yeah. rate cuts. I mean, part of me says yes, please. But would we have to wait longer for that to happen if government, if the National Treasury decided to lower the interest rate, to lower, to lower the, the target? Yeah, uh, read at face value, I would agree with that um, uh, assessment that you could expect interest rates to stay higher for longer to ensure that uh, if that lower uh, target were adopted, that we'd get into that 2 to 5% band, uh, for instance. Uh, so that would be uh, a first blush reading, you know, and my however would be as much as I've been uh, you know, charitable in my, um, or complimentary, not charitable, complimentary in my observations about the Saab's uh, discipline, I worry that uh, interest rates are, would have the capacity to actually bring inflation into that range in South Africa, because there's a whole bunch of other things, rather than just interest rate discipline, that causes inflation in South Africa, the two of the most obvious are administered prices and imported prices. And both of those, to a large extent, are outside of the uh, outside of the range of uh, interest rate mechanisms. You couldn't do it if the petrol price was high. We've got no control over that. You couldn't do it if Eskimo exactly. keeps increasing prices. You've got no control over that. Well said. Well put. Perfectly put. Professor, thank you. Really appreciate the time. Professor Adrian Savills, a professor of economics, finance, and strategy at the Gordon Institute of Business Science.